Haters can't breathe when I come through Hung to some shoes Gotta be 20 men It's not even funny, they can't It's so close too tight The left looks too right You know what, you right These bitches can't Yes, baby! It's Echoes from the goddamn void Hitting you another week And yeah, baby, you gotta breathe Because we're coming with the heat as usual You know how we do, baby That's right Hey, I had to say, right So I was walking home today And some dude on a bike, he pulled up He was a foreign guy and I couldn't quite get the accents, I couldn't work out what he was saying at first and he was asking me for directions and I'm looking at him and thinking, I can't hear him so instead of walking forward, I pull my fucking mask out and then I'm thinking to myself, wait, what am I doing here? pulling my mask out ain't gonna help me to hear, right? alright, what is going on? Man, and I also said that same thing when, um, you know, it was announced that for the Wildlife Film Festival, they are doing a fucking panel, right? A, a, a debate about climate with David Attenborough, right? Right? And Greta Thornburg And I'm just like What the fuck is that? Like What the fuck Are you doing? You know what I mean? It, it makes No sense Now Attenborough Right? You, you, Everyone loves Attenborough You know what I mean? Attenborough is a G But Right, he he's a documentarian. Like he knows shit about the planet for sure. But people, you kind of think it would have been good to maybe have like scientists and shit on this panel too. And Greta Thunberg, I'm a bit like, what is happening here, man? What? the fuck is happening, especially because this fucking festival, man, like, Bristol's widescreen, they said, um, it was a unique chance to hear two of the most influential figures of our time honestly discussing their opinions, and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold, hold up for a second, hold up, like, what, what did you just say? Like, what the fuck did you just say? Two of the most influential figures of our time. Of our time. That's what you... Of our time? I'm like, Attenborough. For, I, you could probably say that about Attenborough, right? He, the, the score of documentaries and just... You know what I mean? He will say something and people will be like, I, actually, yeah, we should probably do that. That makes sense. To put a 17-year-old girl who really cannot talk, right? Her 
anytime you see her talking live, it is a shit show, right, to claim she is one of the most influential figures of our time, that's insane, that is hyperbole, that is ridiculousness, that is nearly as bad as saying the earth is fucking flat, you feel me, that's what that is people, that is insane, I'm baffled, right, you, yeah, I don't, you can't say anything, you know, it, 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 it's this weird thing that is going on, right, that people are supposed to agree with ridiculous shit when it is said, everyone is meant to go, oh yeah, Thornburg, you know, she's a great environmental campaign, she's an idiot, she's a straight up moron, you know, it makes no sense, now, understand this, I have no issue with people being passionate about shit, I have no issue with young people being passionate about shit, but, how the fuck are you trying to claim she is an expert? How are you trying to claim that? That's insane. Right? It's insane for the fact being there are people that have studied this shit for decades. Decades working, trying to make changes, right? She will not have anywhere near the knowledge that they have. Now, hey, it's good to have different voices because they can take you in a different direction. You know what I mean? That's what I always like. Working on a team, I let everyone speak. I let I want to hear everyone's opinions because even if an opinion is maybe wrong. It can spark the genesis of something interesting, right? But you cannot claim that she is a fucking influential... Oh, it's weird. It's weird. You know? People need to stop doing this shit, right? I think that's what needs to happen... Because it makes no sense to me. Makes no sense whatsoever. Something else that I find crazy. So, in Warrington. It's a place in uh, England, right? In the Midlands, you know what I mean? Um, That probably doesn't mean a lot to some people, but there you go. Um, Well, she went on holiday to Greece... And she, you know, you're meant to, if you go away, you're meant to come back and you're meant to isolate for the two weeks, right? She didn't, you know? So, you know, she was going to the gym. She was just doing a load of shit, which, hey, it's irresponsible as fuck, right? It's irresponsible as fuck. And she's been fined a G for doing that shit. The thing about it, is though, the thing about it, and it's what I would have done, I'm like, hey, if 
the aide to the prime minister can basically do the same thing and not get in any trouble, fuck you and you're fine, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Hey, once he pays fines and shit, then you'll get my money. Otherwise, kiss my motherfucking ass. But on the flip, I'm not going to be an irresponsible cunt and go on a holiday and then potentially go spread my shit. Now, if she's had tests, you know what I mean? She had tests. Hey, cool, cool. But it would seem she has not. So, you know, I'm not saying that Shorty shouldn't get fined I'm just saying it's a, uh, what's the word? God damn it, I can't think the word But it's hypocritical, you know what I mean? To let one person off from doing some bullshit And then making someone else kind of suffer for the shit I ain't down with that, you know what I mean? Makes no sense, right? So, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. You know what I mean? I thought that was some crazy-ass shit, people. But, hey, there is definitely other crazy-ass shit going down. And we're going to talk about it. Yes, we are. Yeah, no, we do. So, people, buckle up and let's get this motherfucking party started, right? Let's go. Okay, so there was this weird situation in Thailand where a, a guy from the US had stayed at a resort. Something went down, he wrote bad reviews, and then he got arrested. So it all sounded like, oh, this is crazy. Kind of more information came out, right? And, hmm, it, it does make you wonder. Right, so, um, basically, the gentleman, Wesley Barnes, he, he actually lives in Thailand, says he worked in Thailand as well, but, um, he has lost his job, doesn't say what he does, you know, so, who knows, like, you know what I mean, he could be one of those people that do the... Like scuba and stuff like that Or maybe he's working for You know A bank or something I don't know Right But um Yeah he, he was Living in Thailand And he went and stayed At this resort Right And supposedly He got into arguments With the staff there and, you know, a few different things. And when he left, he wrote... So, it was meant to be multiple bad reviews. Yeah. Which is always an odd one. Like, I get maybe one bad review. Or, you know, one review, like, just talking about your experience and stuff. But he wrote, supposedly wrote multiple bad reviews. Which is, um, yes, very strange. So he did this, right? And, uh, yeah, then supposedly, 
the result tried to contact him. Tried to contact him several times. He wasn't responding, so they sued him. So that's when he got arrested and all of this. So he could have faced two years in jail. And, um, yeah, I don't think anyone wants to stay in a Thai jail. They do not. They do not seem good, you know what I mean? But it kind of looks like the situation has been resolved. Right? So, um... (laughs) Yeah, I think there was some sort of mediation. That's what they call it, mediation. (laughs) Between him and the result, uh, which the police kind of oversaw. So, um, yeah, I'd like to know what their mediation was. If it was two people talking at a table or... Someone getting <laughs> waterboarded until they agreed to sign the paper. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's what springs to mind when I think of this shit. But, um, yeah, that's what happened, right? And I think it seems weird. Right, it it seems like a weird situation, a weird thing. Because look, when I thought it was a tourist, you know, you think okay, kind of, but someone that's been living in Thailand, you would know about their strict laws. You know, they've got strict anti-defamation laws. You would know that. Right, so it's kind of you'd know what your actions could bring you. So you kind of think to yourself, why the fuck are you like going ham on the review boards? It doesn't make any sense. And you know, throwing out things like, you know, the result basically operates modern day slavery. You know, you say certain things. You're gonna know that they are not gonna be happy. <laughs> but um yeah. After all of this, Abans has um <laughs> he's agreed to the terms of the result, which were he had to apologize to the hotel, had to apologize to the Thai tourism authority. He had to write statements to any um, foreign news desk that published a story. <laughs> Which, that's, that. I mean, I feel that's kind of crazy, right? Because I kind of think that any news desk that published it and then gets a, a weird statement from this guy, they're going to think... What's going on here? You know, like, was my man coerced into doing this shit? That's what anyone in their right mind would be thinking. So, but that's what he had to do. So he had to do that. Um, and uh, I think he has to talk to the U.S. embassy for some weird reason. I don't know. But uh, yeah, his statement 
some of his statement anyway read, um, you know, he repeatedly apologises for the false and untrue remarks, you know, they were made to maliciously defame the CV result, and written out of anger and malice, which, hmm, like, it's all, it's kind of all weird wording, you know, which you, you kind of feel that it was probably written by someone else, yeah, I'd say it's probably written by someone else, <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear <sighs> You know, but I'm saying You can't go To another country and do crazy ass shit You have to look at what their laws are I mean, look at what their laws are And look at what the fucking prisons are like Because do you want to end up there? Hey, Now, I don't Like I think that he's staying in Thailand trying to find more work, right, and that's another thing, right, knowing what the laws are, but then knowing that you're going to lose your job, right, it seems a crazy thing to do when there's no, like, there's no positive outcome from it. Yo, like posting a whole host of reviews Like, it's I don't know what the end game was I don't know what he thought he was gonna gain from it Other than get himself into a world of shit Yeah, and you kind of have to think Is anyone else gonna employ him? Because I imagine That, you know Cats might be keeping an eye on him for a minute and um yeah. You know, any any next employer be like, mm, I wouldn't do that. Because he's not Thai. So they might just be like, Yeah, fuck off back to your own country, son. We don't want you here. You know, writing your nasty little comments and shit. Go away. Hey. Yeah. I mean it all does all seems weird, it seems a weird thing, right, so I imagine that, yeah, the trip to the police station wasn't great, I imagine that, you know, there might have been some truths in his, you know, reviews, but then, I think, you know, a lot of the times, when you look at reviews people write, they sometimes are just full of shit, you know, so, who knows what happened, I think it's a bit shady on both sides, right, but, um, yeah, I mean, at least this motherfucker avoided jail, that's, that's probably the best thing that could have come out of this, because, yeah, you do not want to go to a motherfucking Thai jail, oh, I have to say, this is, this is a good step forward, man, like, and it's something that I'm surprised is only just happening, but IKEA 
are um they're just about to start a new circular business model so what that means is that they're going to buy back unwanted furniture items right which is yeah pretty decent and so the idea is that a newish item like with no scratches you will get a 50% of the original price okay a very good item with minor scratches gets 40% and a well used item with several scratches gets 30% you know you don't have to take them apart you can return them fully assembled and uh, yeah it gets happened now what you get is a voucher so a voucher and you can pick up something else but i feel that's pretty decent you know they're saying that items that can't be resold they'll recycle and hey we we talk about becoming greener better for the environment that's a huge step I kind of feel now what they're saying is it's gonna it's probably gonna be items like chairs, stools, desks, dining tables, bookcases, rather than upholstered items. So probably the now I can imagine there there might be certain sofas that can. Like, because they sell the sofas where you can change the covers. So with that, I imagine you just take the old cover off. So you've got the frame underneath and then you just have to buy the frame to go on top. Right. But where it would be at a discounted price, it kind of makes sense to do that. But I kind of, you know what I mean? I, they're not going to be buying back mattresses, <laughs> which, hey, that makes a whole lot of sense because... Are you really going to want something like that? Because we know that certain shit gets ground in. You know, like you walk into a spot and cigarette smoke. You know what I mean? Or there's certain food smells that are just ingrained in things. So, yeah, imagine like a bed. People eat, look. You can be as clean as anything, but you still sweat. Still sweat. So, you I mean, there's still going to be stuff. And I believe one time, I forget what program it is I was watching, but they did some tests on pillowcases and pillows even, you know? And they found what, like, you know, I think it was something like 40% skin particles inside that shit. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's probably good that they're not doing upholstered shit. Now, I think they said that they've been trialing this in Edinburgh and Glasgow in the United Kingdom for a year. So, um, yeah, now they're going to roll it out to supposedly 27 countries, you know, what I mean? which, hey, nice. 
Yeah, it'll be an interesting move. You know, they're going to have sections of their stores where, um, the, you know, you will be able to find these items. Right? So, you know what I mean? It's going to be, and especially, right, especially for people buying their first home. You know, first home, first house, first flat, or even students moving into unupholstered, unupholstered? Upholstered, furnished, unfurnished situations. This means you, you can hopefully pick up stuff on a very low budget to be able to fill that. So um, it's a good move environmentally, financially. Hey, it's a good look. It's a good look. And um, yeah, hats off to Ikea. You know, let's see who else kind of... Does a move into this section. I wonder if other big furniture change, you know, decide to do a similar thing. Because, you know, hey, it's definitely big because you often find how many times you go to certain places and you see tables and stuff stacked outside, right? So that would hopefully avoid situations like that as well. So, yeah, nice. Nice move, Ikea. Okay, so um, there seems to be a lot of controversy right now because they're making a new film about Cleopatra and Gail Goodot has, uh, you know, been cast in the lead role, which, yeah, I feel... You know, <laughs> there is a lot, right, with that. Now, Gadot is, you know, she's Israeli. You know, she's a good actress. Like, these are things that we know. But, you know, in past films, Cleopatra is, she's usually played by, like, white actresses. Which, yeah, kind of think doesn't really make any sense, you know, like, she's born in Egypt, now, she's born from a, suppose, an ancient Greek family, but when you look at the complexion, right, so Mediterranean people, they, they have, like, an olive, you know, a darker tone to their skin, because, people, they're living closer to the equator, so the closer to the equator, the darker your skin. You know what I mean? The darker your skin. They, I mean, it's also a big thing, right? That um, Mediterranean women have more hair, right? Which also it's a defense for the sun, right? All of these things play into the shit. You live close to the sun, you are going to look in a certain way. Right, you're gonna look a lot different than when you live in the cold regions, right? So, look at cats that live in Scandinavia, there is a huge difference, right? It's just the nature of things. So, you get someone that's darker, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could have. Um, 
like a Selma Hayek kind of, you know, playing Cleopatra. Because I, I wouldn't necessarily say that Cleopatra is going to look like um, Lapita, um, I forget her surname. You, you know what I mean? She was in Mangrove. Yeah, you know I'm talking about people. Right. So I like she pro she probably isn't going to be as dark as that. But she is going to be darker than Godot. I think these are things that it's not rocket science, right? It's not rocket science to Kind of figure this shit out You know, it's always that weird thing When you, you've got films about ancient Greece And it's just all white guys And you're like, what? You mean, you've got these guys running around In the sun They're gonna burn to fuck Like, that wouldn't be the case Because these motherfuckers are out all the time So there is a defence to the sun here you know what I mean? The, the human body adapts. This is nature. This is evolution. This is what happens. <laughs> right? And it's it's crazy that like these conversations need to really be had. You know what I mean? It, and, and then, on top of it, you have now got you know, people going that it's anti-Semitic to say anything about the casting. And it's just like, you, you know, we need to stop. Right? We need to fucking stop. Right? Because that's just some weird ass shit. Now, listen, in the film, it's not to say... You can't have different actors, actresses play certain roles. But I kind of feel, feel when you've got the, you know, a known person, it's like, it would be like having Samuel Jackson play Winston Churchill. Let's just kind of say that. Because you'd be looking at it and go, something ain't right here. This seems odd. This is a weird casting. Um, what's happening? Guys? Anyone? Huh? You know what I mean? Like, at least try and get major roles right. We need to stop all of that bullshit. You know, we've seen it way too many times. That a known, like, in westerns especially, when a known person was black. And they'd have been played by a white person. And you'd be like, wait, what? What is that? What just happened there? Hmm. And so, yeah, you, you, when you think about all of the very talented, you know, actors and actresses from that region, give them the bounce, like, give them the opportunity to play some of these roles. It's about elevating. That's what this shit is. You know, we talk about diversity in, you know, the film world, in TV, but it's not just black, right? It's everyone. It's across the board. It's when you are making a film about a certain region, 
how about we use some of that talent, right? How about we, you know, shine the light there? So if you're making a film about ancient Rome, about ancient Greece, about any of that, hey, let's go, let's cast some of these people. Now, obviously, when you're thinking about financing, you're thinking about all of that. Yes, I get it. I get the, you know what I mean, the conceit about going, let's get Gal Gadot. Because they're thinking, right, a great female actress, right, we've already seen her play this strong character in Wonder Woman. Oh, she'd be ideal. I get that. And then you're thinking, have her in a role. This film will be will be able to get financing from these people, right? People will come to see the film because they've got this person in it. I understand all of that, right? There's certain things that to get made, you have to make certain compromises. But you'd think there's other roles, right? If you if you're going, all right, we need some big names in this for us to be able to make the film, like have another role. Have another role, put that person in, and then bring in this other talented actress to play Cleopatra and to, you know, help their star rise. Because that's what we should be doing. It's about turning around, looking down the ladder and offering a hand, bringing people up. Because you want to talk about, you know, how do we fix this problem in Hollywood? How do we fix this problem with TV? How do we fix? It's by helping to shine the light on the other talented people out there who aren't getting any play because every time a role comes up where they could jump into that shit, you go, no, we're going to give it to this person instead. They might not look the part, but, you know, they'll be able to do it justice. Stop, let's stop with doing that, okay, let's stop, and let's bring in some new kids, right, now, Godot can, you know, have her in a role, she could be, I don't know, I have no clue, <laughs> you know, I have, actually have no clue, but, you know, she could possibly be someone in that film, but just not Cleopatra, alright, let, let, let's stop being crazy here, and let's think about it, you know? How about that, people? How about that? Okay, so, um, man, there's this footage circling around, right? Where uh, police in um, Texas, right? There was these horseback police. Horseback police? Is that what you would call them? Hmm. Horse patrol? Like the Nay Squad, <laughs> the Nay Squad. <laughs> oh fuck! Ah, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, what department are you with? The Nay Squad. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh shit! Oh, no, sorry, it's mounted, mounted police, right? So you've got this police officer, and he's leading a black man down the street with a rope, right? And 
like people were saying, you know, people were saying, oh, this is real bad, look, it looks like, you know, slavery and all of this, and, um, you know, like the, the gentleman, Mr. Neely, so he sued the Texas Police Department for um, one million, he's suing them for one million, I don't know if they've paid, if, if it's been, yeah, I don't think it's been settled, and they're giving him this money, um, but yeah, he, he's suing them for one million, right, and one of the, you know, one of the things is that it's, um, what are they saying, like, embarrassment, humiliation, like, uh, you know, mental health, and all of this, right, which, you know, I always kind of find, come on, man, like, when people make these lawsuits, and they're like, um, you know, it, it's really just, I, I wake up, and I'm, you know, I dream about it, and, and you just like, like, we need to stop this shit, come on, just stop with that, now, what this is, it's just dangerous as fuck, that's what this is, right, when you want to just talk about the situation for what the fucking situation is, you're leading someone down the road with a rope, and you're on a fucking horse, there's cars, all of this shit, it is dangerous, right, just take race and all of that out the equation, because I imagine it's not, there's not a car there, and they go, you know what, let's take the horse instead, wait, Jim, you don't want to take the car, no, we got a black guy, let's take the horse, no, I'm sure that didn't happen, and if it was a white guy, the same thing would have happened, the thing is, it's dangerous, like, a car could veer and just clip him, right, the horse could get spooked and start galloping, he's, his ass is getting dragged, you know what I mean, he's gonna get fucked up, and listen, I know the horses are trained, but, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean, crazier things have happened, right, it, it wouldn't take, I, I'm imagining, if there was a fucking explosion, if there's something big happened, that horse could jet, and the officer might get it under control, but, my man is getting dragged and fucked up, even if, you know, they get that horse under control pretty fucking quick, he's still getting fucked up, so that's the thing here, it's dangerous as fuck, and they released the body camera, you know, footage, and you can hear one of the officers supposedly saying, oh fuck, this looks, this, this could look really bad, you know, Oh, I we you know we're sorry. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're not embarrassed about this. You know, so you could look. I think from that you understand they're not trying to be. You you feel me? 
it, 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 it's just, yeah, it's just what it is, it's just, you know, what should have happened was, right, they've arrested him for trespassing, which supposedly was then dropped in court, you know, because I think he was sleeping on the sidewalk, so it's just a, it's a weird bullshit thing, you know, in the first place, but it's like, you know, he, he was taken around, and you've got the mounted police, what they should do is then, they wait there until a car comes and takes him, that should be the thing, right, that should be the thing, so I, you know, they're saying that, you know, policy is now being changed and all of that, so yeah, that's all great, that's all great, but I think there's times we need to stop with trying to put a racial fucking stamp on every single thing that happens, right, now don't get me wrong, there's certain things that, yeah, when they go down, you go, yeah, no, that's a, that's a racial shit right there, but sometimes it is just what it is, right, what you see it is, that's what it is, people, that's what it is, okay, people, so, this week's chin check, we look ahead to Ortega v Korean Zombie, it's a good card, we have some fun friggin fights on this card people, so we are going to break it all down, look, the picking has been pretty exceptional, if I will say so myself, so if you want to take a little flyer, you want to try and make some money, and you don't know who to pick, Maybe listen to, you know, Kenny Florian. But if you really want to roll the dice, come check out Chin Check, baby. All right? So once you're done with this, go check that out. Share it with your peoples. You know what I mean? Leave a comment. Have some fun. Let's do it, people. But before, let's get back to this. Okay, people. So... This week, I decided to take a look at season two of The Boys. You know, the the superhero show on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, Amazon Prime, people. Um, now, we look. We looked at season one. I believe that was back episode seventy eight. Hmm, yeah, last year, man, um, you know, and, yeah, season one was okay, you know, there was some frustrations with it, but, you know, a lot of people were speaking highly of season two, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll dip back in, people, I'll dip back in, so, I think a lot of people probably know, but the boys is Based on a comic book series from Garth Anus and Derek Robertson. Okay. It's uh, developed, showrun by Eric Kripke. And um, the show has a... It's got a big cast, people. It has a big cast. We've got Carl Urban, who uh, I think... One of my favourite parts that Urban played was Dread. You know, he was great as Dread, right? 
But uh, yeah, Carl Urban, he plays Butcher. We've got Jack Quaid as Huey. Anthony Starr is Homelander. Erin Moriarty, she's uh, Starlight. We've got Dominic McElgott as Queen Maeve. Jesse T. Usher as A-Train. Lars Alonso as Mother's Milk. Uh, Chance Crawford is The Deep. We got Torma Capon as Frenchie. Uh, Karen Fukuhara as Kimiko. Uh, Nathan Mitchell as Black Noir. Uh, Colby Minifi as Ashley Barrett. You know, the publicist woman that kind of steps into the role that uh, Stitwell left, right? We've got, um, you know, Anne Kuzak as Starlight's mum. We have... Mm, who are the other big characters here? Okay, Layla Robbins as Mallory, right? Um, we have. Oh, I think they are a lot of the you know the main ones. Ah, but you know I should say we've also got Cameron Crovetti as uh Ryan, right? Who is, um, yeah, kind of Homeland's son <laughs> You know um, And uh, we've got some other big people, right So we've got um, Aya Cash She's playing Stormfront A new character this season, people A new character Um yeah, you know, I think that's mainly it, right? Um, Chantel Van Satten as Becca. Uh, but yeah, so that's our cast. And the gist is this. So in the second season of The Boys, you know, they continue their effort to defeat Vault in spite of being wanted by the government. A new development in the conflict arises when Butcher learns Vault's holding Becca captive with a super-powered son fathered by Homelander, which is kind of, you know, the last scenes of episode season one. So as Butcher attempts to rescue his wife, we get Stormfront introduced. You know, she's the replacement for the Deep. And, um... Promote her Well As the show goes on She's You know we see her It looks like a power struggle With Homelander Let's just say that right And um Yeah we got 8 episodes You know 8 episodes Which are I know 
kind of floating between just under or just over an hour, right? So that seems to be the way things are moving this time around. And yeah, people, right? I think everything kind of starts off and we've got, um, you know, the boys on the run. Right, they were framed for killing Stitwell, and they're you know they're living in a bunker. But Butcher isn't with them, so we got them on their own, living with some of French's contacts, who are coke dealers. I think it's coke. It's some sort of drug, right? So yeah, they're doing all of that, and you know I think they're trying to. Continue the scheme to bring down Vault You know, so we've got them Working on weird schemes Right And On the flip We've got Butcher Kind of Looks like he's Looking to try and get Becker And then we've got, you know, we've got the deep joining. I would say it's kind of meant to be like the the show's version of Scientology, right? So we have all of this happening. And it's just a bit all over the place. You know, it's all a bit. Over the place <sighs> Which is I don't know I don't know There's we, We've got um, Like the boys So they've uncovered some shit Right And so they They're telling a contact They have in the CIA She gets killed And no one knows who it is Like, all gets kind of revealed at the very end, which it then becomes a bit of a kind of, well, that first death doesn't make any sense, really, you know, so you're you're wondering about that, right, that's the first kind of plot hole in this whole kind of weirdness, but also, it's just like exploding heads always just looks a little shit. You know what I mean? Always looks a little bit shit. And also, with the the reactions to it, like everyone's running around all scared. And you're just kind of thinking, okay, we've seen you guys do all of this other shit. You're n- like, wh- why is that going to scare you? Now, I don't get me wrong, understand you going, okay, let's take cover, we don't want to die, but that's a different thing from running around scared. Right, so there's all these weird things going on, just from the giddy up. Then they want to bring in some other weird shit, right? So we've got Mallory... Like finally giving Butcher the um the whereabouts to where his wife is, even though 
we saw him go there at the end of season one. So it's a bit like, wait, what? Like, you went there already. What's going... Huh. So we have that. And then we've got the introduction of Kimiko's brother. And that's this weird storyline in itself. So we've got all of these weird things going on that just don't make any sense. But it's all very fucking predictable. You know what I mean? Like, everything... As soon as, say, Kimiko's brother comes into it, you're just like, I know exactly what's going to happen here. Right? I know exactly what's going to happen. And it does. And it's just a little bit... <sighs> okay, fine. Alright. Fine. You know, if that's what we're going to do... Okay, and it's just, I don't know, I know, for a show that's meant to be, you know, this parody, this pulling the curtains back on superheroes, and going, ha, this is how it really would be, it's kind of its own parody, right, everything has just become... You know, oh, let's try and outshock ourselves. Let's try and go bigger and grosser, which was one of the things that they said, right? So when season one finished and everyone was talking about it, you had Rogan and Goldberg and all of that, you know, all the people behind it going, oh, if you thought season one was great, season two, we're going extra hard on the on the violence and the gore and the bah, and it's just like, oh, is that meant to mean it's getting better? You mean oh, more violence, more blood, more? You mean that makes it better? Does it? Okay, all right. If that's what you're, uh, you know, if that's what you're telling us, people. But it's just, yeah, it, it, it's just kind of played out, right? Everything just becomes a little bit cliche. Oh, we've got Starlight running around behind the Seven's back. And, you know, the, the thing saying that, oh, if she wears a hoodie, no one's going to recognize her. And you're like, Listen, she's got her face plastered all over the place, right? She's got a single in the charts. They've got films out. People are going to recognize her, right? But it's, you know, they're, they're running this conceit that no one recognizes, no one works out that it's really starlight. And you're like, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. Plus, you'd have to imagine, right? Because they're saying that Vault is this huge overreaching organization. Now, if they were, they'd have like, you know, 
face recognition software. They'd be able to track their superheroes. Yes, they've got a chip in them. But you'd kind of think that the chip is the obvious thing, right? You let people know that, oh, by the way, we've got a chip in you. But on top of that, we've got other shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we let you know about one, but you don't know about all the others. You know? Because we have all these scenes of them in Voight Tower, right? In Voight Tower, having these conversations like, oh, yeah, I did this, and oh, I'm doing this, and blah, blah. And you're like, oh, we're meant to believe that the rooms aren't going to be bugged? You mean there's no cameras in the rooms? Right? There's this crazy moment when we've got characters break into Voight-Cower. And it's just like, well, firstly, I'm not buying that. Right, is you you have someone go? Oh, this is the route that we used to take to sneak um girls back in, blah blah blah. And you're like, okay, so that was a long time ago. That you mean that would have been tightened up. Now, not to say there might not be another secret entrance, but that old one that wouldn't be working. Then you've got them using a lift, and you're like, there's cameras in lifts. Like, how is, like, if someone who hasn't been in for ages then uses their pass, that surely is getting flagged, right? There's just all these things that you're just like, wait, hold on, you're just contradicting all this shit that you kind of said this company would be doing. Right? You're like, what are we having done here? What are we doing? It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. How we have um, storylines that reveal characters as being secret Nazis, which is just, it's very boring. Right? It's very boring. You know, it's this whole weird thing at the moment where if you don't agree with, you know, what the masses are down with, you, you like, you get called an artsy. You know, so it's this weird thing they've thrown in the show to be like, look, haha, this is our analogy of the current political climate. And it's just dull, it's dull, and it shows how moronic people are, because this, people, is nothing like Nazi Germany, (laughs) because in Nazi Germany, or other dictatorships around the world, you know, China, Korea, Russia, If you come out and say stuff against the opposition, you disappear, right? So in this little, you know, rosy world in which everyone lives in, in the West, should we say, uh, because, yeah, other places aren't as open, you can complain, you can say certain shit, and no one's 
you know, coming to your house late at night and dragging you off to a dark site. So, you know what I mean? I think we need to call this whole Nazi bullshit thing that everyone thinks is cool to uh, put out into the world. You know, because it's insane. It's insane. So we have all of this shit happening, right? All of this crazy shit that's going down and it's just a little bit predictable, just a little bit predictable, but we've got characters acting in this weird way, you know, one minute, like, let's say Huey, for instance, we're seeing him get beat up, seeing him get beat up all the time, and going, oh, I shouldn't be part of the team, I'm no good, and then we're meant to believe that he's going to try and rescue someone from a place that is full of superheroes, and, like, that's not happening, it's not happening, and if, say, it it did, you're not going in with nothing, right, you would go in with at least be like, alright, I'm bringing explosives, I'm bringing this, I'm bringing that, because I can't do it with my fucking hands, I'll get obliterated, but no, this shit doesn't happen. So you, you can't believe it. You know, you can't go, oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. You know, I'm down with all of that. You know, his relationship with Starlighter, again, makes no... Like, you're looking at it and you're just like, okay, but what's he bringing to the table, Right? What's he bringing to the table here? It's they want to show us these weird codependent situations and make it look like something. Go, this is what you should aspire to. This is good. This is love. And it's it's weird, right? There's all this weird shit in the boys that you kind of look at and you think, okay, they're not thinking this is a joke, right, this is something that they actually think is a statement on progressiveness, a statement on, yeah, this is how things should be, right, like all the female characters, you know, they, they've included a lot of female characters, which is good, I have no issue with that, but, Right, where you are meant to be saying that you're this parody on superhero, you're you know, I mean, you're this alternative look on what it would should be. You've still got all their tits out, right? All their costumes with their tits out, or you've got the tits emphasized, right? You're not doing anything progressive here, right? You haven't got a character that's like. I'm not doing that shit, this is what I'm doing, right, because you could do that, you could have that moment, like, you kind of fucked around with it in season one with Starlight, but it was just, even all the options they threw up were still bullshit, you know what I mean, so it's just this weird, weird kind of thing, like, they throw in this huge girl fight at the end, which... Again, it's just, what is actually happening? 
Because you haven't really got them You've got them fighting like You know That old cliche Kind of perceived What Well What girls who don't know how to fight usually fight. You know, pulling the hair and ball, all that kind of shit. When, if you go, all right, let's look at female boxers, female UFC fighters, you know, mixed martial artists. Let's see how they've, let's do it like that. That would have been more compelling. You know, have them fight properly. Right, like you will have your male characters fight, not this bullshit, scrappy, you know, playground shit that we're left to watch. And then you've got the guy character standing, oh, girls can be vicious, like, oh, god, oh my god, we've you know, I think. The show wants to perceive itself as being edgy. It isn't edgy, right? Because let's take a look at all the the sex scenes they wanted to include. They're all weird. You know, it's I don't. I've never. Right, just gone, okay, I'm taking off the bottom half of my clothing And I'm leaving the top half intact No, like, listen, it's not to say You you know what I mean, there might be a moment And you're going to be like, alright, let's sneak a quickie here So, yeah, you're, you're still going to be clothed and shit But, you know you're undoing buttons, you're getting access to certain things, you feel me? But in here, they just want to kind of show it like, oh, bottoms down, then we're going to fuck. And it's just like, this isn't real, right? This isn't, you're looking at it going, oh, steamy, oh, edgy. It's just like, what is this cuck bullshit? You know what I mean? This is like, you know, that shit that you'd find on TV on a bullshit channel at one in the morning back in the day. That's what this is. It's weird. It's prophetic. You know what I mean? You've got all the characters saying cunt. I have to tell you guys, it's not, it's not edgy. It's not like, oh my god, they just said a bad word. It's a little sad. It's a little sad. You know, you get an old woman to say it, and then at the end you get a kid to say it. You, like, everyone's rolling their eyes. You know, it's not like, oh my god, they just made Mrs. Butcher say cunt. Oh my god, this show is insane. No. No, it's just, just stop it. Just, I am surprised they didn't make the dog say it. You know, come here, boy, come here, boy. Oh, woof, cunt. You know what I mean? I'm surprised that shit didn't happen. It's, it's just boring. You know, and let me just say, you have this big thing at the end. Right, this big thing at the end, this fight, and in it, you have you know Ryan 
take out Stormfront with the eyes. I think is this is either the first time we've seen him do it, or maybe the second, right? And you gotta think, he ain't gonna be precisioned, right? He ain't got precision over his abilities, seeing the fact that his mum has told him all the way through never to use them. So then when we see Stormfront on the ground, you know, no arms, no hands, you know, sorry, no legs, no hands, right? You're thinking, huh, okay, right? Okay. But remember, She's holding Becca by the throat. They're up close and personal. So if you're doing that to Stormfront, Becca would be obliterated. Not just sitting by a tree, holding her neck, bleeding out. You know what I mean? It's just like, ugh, what the fuck is this? Then you have, like, all Butcher thinking, I'm going to kill him. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, ooh, I'm protecting him. You know, Ryan doesn't even know Butcher. So the whole thing where, you know, he goes with him rather than Homelander is just a little bit... No. <laughs> I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Like, and... Before I bounce, right, the scene where you've got, I think it was it, Huey and Frenchie running towards the car, and then it blows up. They are so close to that fucking car. So close to that car. They ain't just getting up, right? They That explosion would have blown their eardrums. It would have probably burst a lot of blood vessels. You know what I mean? Probably... Shattered a rib or two. Hearing they're gonna be fucked up. <sighs> right, what this shit seems like to me, you know, you go to a five-year-old and you say, Hey kid, here's an extra sketch, an extra sketch, even. <laughs> and um, I want you to create what a great TV show would be. You know, and they'll be like, okay, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of swearing. We're going to have uh, explosions. Explosions. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. That's what this shit seems like. It's a, a kid's interpretation of R-rated. It's... Ugh. I don't know, I'm not digging it, I'm not digging it, now, listen, I understand, there's a load of people that love this show, all power to you, man, you know what I mean, I ain't judging, whatever, it's not for me, but, yeah, other kids can watch, other kids, adults, whoever, watch it, enjoy it, that's all good, I'm just like, this isn't, the thing they're saying it is, that's the thing that baffles me about it all, because you've got all the creators sitting around gloating and saying, yeah, look at us, and you're just like, this ain't this shining light 
for, yeah, you know, feminism and equality and all of that jazz. This is just a bit meh. But, you know, if you enjoy stuff like, I guess, Preacher, you know, I'd say probably Arrow and Flash and, you know, Heroes of Tom, all of that kind of stuff, then, yeah, The Boys is definitely going to be all you. So, yeah, you know, it's out there. Season 2, I imagine they're getting a season 3. So, um, there you go, people. There you go, the boys. Okay, people. So, this week I checked out F.G. Cottram's The Waiting Room. It's narrated by David Rintrell. Uh, the gist of the book is this. Martin Stride is a retired rock star. Enjoying the quiet life with his young family on their beautiful estate. On the edge of his grounds lies a derelict Edwardian railway station waiting room, once used to transport troops in the Great War. Silent for many years, it has become a playground for Martin's children, but now they won't go near it. Strange occurrences in the waiting room lead Martin to seek the help of a TV's favourite gross hunter, Julian Creed. But Creed's psychic ability is a fabrication to gain viewers. He doesn't believe in the paranormal until he spends a night in the waiting room. Bum, bum. So this is an interesting book, right? I, I picked it up with a, um, oh, I think, no, actually, I think I picked it up in an Audible sale. It is how I do a lot of my <laughs> purchasing. Um, it, like, the story isn't bad, you know? The story isn't bad, and I think as things go on, it, does become, uh, you know what I mean, more compelling, you know, I, I'd say he's got a good descriptive uh, way with things, old Cotton, you know, the way he kind of describes the waiting room and the transformations that we see within, you know, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty good, you know, it, it gets you thinking, and, like, the story flows pretty well, you know, it's moving along, and, um, you know, you're just, yeah, you become attached, you're on for the ride, right, he throws in these odd little poems and everything like that, you know, to add to the tone and all, and, yeah, you know, I think you just, you do get it, right, it, it it makes sense, well, for a book about, you know, a haunted waiting room, it, yeah, it makes sense, <laughs> he, um, he does a decent job fleshing out the characters, you know, Stride and Creed, um, 
yeah, he, 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 he gives us their backstory, along with Elaine, though, I would say that maybe Creed and Stride are a little too similar, right, when you take away the army and the rock star, you know, guises, yeah, I, I that they are pretty similar, you know, but, yeah, I mean, that's fine, these things happen, right, and it's not, it, it, it's not an overly long book I think it's maybe 10 hours Yeah, I think it's around about 10 hours So nothing, nothing too crazy You know, but Yeah, it, it, I think the, the tone is definitely a, a, a few It's definitely an important Part of this book Right There's we we got to try and believe These transformations You know Like uh, When it You know he's in the room and it becomes You know The the waiting room Right and so You get the, the smells of Coal and you know things Like that that helps Bring you into that mindset, yeah. So I thought, yeah, okay, that's not too bad. I mean, there were some things in the book that were a little, you know, a little off, right? So I would say that uh, I think, I think. Cotton falls into that trap that some people do where you know the vocabulary and the dialogue from people all becomes a little bit the same, even with the kids. Right? And look, I you know, it's not to say kids can't speak well, but you usually find that there's certain wordages that they won't use. Or if you do find them using, it's in the completely the wrong context. Because they've just heard the word and they're repeating it, but they don't get it. Right? So that was a little bit like, huh, okay. But then I think also this is the this is one thing that always seemed a little bit because you've got um you know this ghost issue, right? And instead of you know calling in the church or something like that, he calls a TV ghost hunter. And I don't really, there's, it, it was never really kind of given the idea that he, you know, Creed chews off ghosts. <laughs> yeah, he gets rid of ghosts. Like, you hear, is he talks to them. He can talk to ghosts. He see ghosts, feel ghosts. But... It was never really kind of explained how he was going to get rid of these ghosts, 
right? Which does seem like it is an important factor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, also, one thing that... I mean, there was... Uh, everyone was kind of the same. Right, it's a bit like that whole Dan Brown thing, where he's just like, uh, oh, yes. You know, the guy, he looks like Harrison Ford and me. You know, and everyone's like, ah, oh, yes, they're, they're, you know, very tall and attractive and can do everything. And when you've got every character who is this, you know, it's just a bit like, ugh. You know what I mean? Because not everyone, and even people who are, they're not always the nicest people. Like, everyone's got a fault. But when you're writing these people, like, they don't really have any faults. Or the faults that you kind of say they have, it's just like, eh, really? I mean, people do that shit. It's nothing too crazy. Like, we get this situation that is set up between, um, like, Creed and Elaine. And it's meant, like, we get, you know, sold that it's this huge thing that split up their relationship and it's all crazy and blah, blah, blah. And Creed feels so sorry for what he did. And then when we get the explanation... It's like, what? What? Huh? Like, look, I, I, I don't feel this is a spoiler, right? Basically, they were going out, but they had rough sex one time. But... And she's like, ah, oh, and I wasn't into, I've never really been into that kind of thing. And I felt violated and blah, blah, blah. But the whole crazy thing is, they were both ridiculously drunk. Right? And even when she's talking about it, she's like, oh, yeah, and we were both ridiculously drunk. And you're just like, wait, What? How can you blame one person for something when you were both ridiculously... It, it, it's a crazy thing because, hey, I know for a fact, right? When people are drunk, sometimes they ask for things that they normally don't want to do. Right? And... Yes, you can make that choice in the moment. Of, well, depending on how much you've drunk, whether... Wait, am I going to do this thing? Or, mm, let me part. You know what I mean? But, if you were both just fucked up, then neither is really to blame. You just kind of go, we cannot drink that much in the future because that... Seems like it was a mess, you know. But it, it's holding on to it, and it, it just didn't really make any sense, right? It, it just seemed a weird, a weird kind of thing to go. And this has been the form between them for all this time. Like, okay, all right, 
fine. And there's just a few, like, there's a few things like that throughout the book. You know, like, we've got Creed and his dad, which is, again, it's like this odd, odd little feud, weird situation. It's just like, ah, you know? But, you know, you take those things aside and the end of story is still... Still pretty enjoyable. Still okay. You're still like interested, right? But I would say the ending just kind of kind of seemed a bit flat. Right? Because we've got all of these things happening. All of these things going on. You know, we get an exorcism and all of this, but then at the very end, they're kind of like, oh. Um, let's have them do this, and then we're going to leave it, right, so they kind of, it felt very rushed to get to this moment, and then it's just like, kind of one of those ones where it's just like, oh, and they're doing that, and they're doing that, and we're going to see what happens, I'm like, okay, Fight. You know, and, and everyone's just lamenting, you know, things that, uh, I, I hopefully I can, I, I'll still be able to do this, or will I ever see this again, and you're just like, right, okay, so then what, people, then what the fuck are we doing, you know, it, it, it was odd. It was very odd. Gotta say that, people. Gotta say that. But I don't know. Who knows, right? It will be... <sighs> yeah, it's interesting to see. Because I don't think there's a sequel to it. You know? But um, I do... I think they are making it into a TV series or a film. I think I read that somewhere. So it'll be interesting if they do, if they change the ending, add anything in, to to give it a, I think a better just sense of closure, because it doesn't have to be a hard and fast. And this is what happened. We did it. The end. But just something that. It plays through a bit better than this wishy-washy, meh, you know, it just got a bit meh, right, everything that you kind of cared about, you're like, ah, I don't care now, you just, ugh, you irritate me, <laughs> but, um, listen, I think if you... I don't know because I because I kind of feel that it's a better book, right? But I guess if you dug um, Luke Smithard's "The Man with All the Answers" that just came out, then um, yeah, this you might this might be something that you enjoy. I think Luke Smithard is a good barometer. 
really, because he does have a lot of, you know, books where kind of unexpected shit goes down, you know, things aren't always what they seem, um, he, he is definitely got a good way with words, right, so you don't come across that whole situation of people using language that they wouldn't be doing, you know, Smithered, yeah, he, he's a great writer, great books, the Stone Man people, you need to check that out, but, um, yeah, I, I could see that, you know, people that like that stuff could possibly, you know, get on board with the waiting room, so, uh, yeah, that's it, people, you know, it's, it's definitely got a really good, um, narration, you know, the narration is great, so if you're a, yeah, I guess if you're a fan of David Rintel, then, uh, you know, he gives a superb performance, so you might want to jump on just for that, okay, but, uh, yeah, there we go, people, the waiting room. Okay, people, so, before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of TV. So, I think it was a year ago, right, um, HBO Max announced, for some weird reason, that they were doing a prequel TV series to Grace. Yup, yup. Well, um, that it's still going ahead, but it is now moving across to Paramount Plus. Right? So, um, yeah, back then it was gonna be called Rydell High. Well, with the move, it's got a new name. This time it's called Grace Rise of the Pink Ladies. So, yeah, you know what I mean? People that were looking forward to that, it's still coming. It is still coming. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Now, in some other news. They are making a TV series of fried green tomatoes. Yeah, I know. Kind of seems odd, right? So, um, Reba McEntry, she's um, down to star. And she's going to be executive producing this, right? But it's a contemporary set. Adaptation So uh, Yeah I don't even know So basically When present day Idigi Fredgood Returns to Whistle Stop After a decade away She must wrestle with a changed town Estranged daughter Faltering cafe And life changing secret Hmm I don't know, I didn't even like the film Yeah, I know, people might be like, what? But yeah, I thought that film was rubbish Anyway, Jennifer Cecil will be writing and executive producing as well 
um, along with Norman Lear. So uh, you got that to look forward to, people. Now, if you're a fan of Shameless, you will be pleased to hear that Showtime have announced that December the 6th is going to be when the 11th season hits. But people remember that will be the final time you see the Gallagher family. So, yeah, just be aware, people. Just be aware. Okay. Now, um, Apple, they have renewed their um, Dickinson series, you know, which stars Haley Steinfeld, right? It's, um, yeah, you know, so this will be the third season, huh, third season, right? Um, which is kind of crazy, right? Because I don't think the second has even hit yet, but hey, they must be very high on this. So, um, yeah, if you're a fan of Emily Dickinson and you want to see stuff about her life and adventures maybe you want to get you some apple tv mm-hmm. now right so over at the peacock it was announced a while back that they were making a tv version of the wondry podcast dr death so jamie Dorman, I mean that's how you say it, right? Jamie Dorman, Dorman, you know he was in the uh, those grey films, right? Well, he was down to be playing Christopher Donchk, right? The um, the doctor who's uh, killing people. He's had to drop out due to you know, filming constraints around corona and you know schedules and all of that shenanigan so they have now got joshua jackson to step in to play that role so um hey you know what i didn't used to like joshua i used to think joshua jackson was some irritating motherfucker but Turn me around with fringe, people. Turn me around with fringe. So, hey, you know, that could be a good move, right? Um, so let's go with CBS now, right? So it was announced a little while back that they were doing a CG animated cartoon series for Star Wars. Not Upper Deck or whatever deck it is. Lower Deck, right? Lower Deck. No, this is a new one, Star Trek Prodigy, right? Now, interestingly enough, with this show, right, they have got Captain Jane Ray to, um, you know, appear. So, Kate Mulgrew, 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 I don't know, she's coming back, she will be voicing her... Her character of, um, yeah, Captain Catherine Chainway. So, hey, now, for some reason, there does seem to be a lot of fans of Voyager. So, hey, yo, you, you got you, people. A little fun shit right there, you know what I mean? So, uh, look forward to that. 
so Shannon Tatum, he is executive producing a limited series for HBO that is gonna be looking at SpaceX, you know, the Elon Musk space exploration company. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be based on the Ashley Vance book, right? So, um, yeah, if you're interested in, you know, Elon's endeavor to take people up to space, then this could be of interest to you, people. Um, hey, so it had been talked about, right? But now it's been confirmed. HBO Max have handed out a straight-to-order 10 episodes for Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be written, well, co-written by Seth Graham Smith and Mark Gun- Guggenheim. Right? And... Um, It said the series will take place across a span of several decades and depict the adventures of multiple lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and the first Green Lantern himself, Alan Scott. So, uh, yeah. I think a lot of people should be interested with that And that's not all kids Because you will also see characters like Sinestro Kilowog And a few new heroes Right? So we're going to see the Green Lantern corpse And all of that So, uh, yeah You know See how that one turns out Uh, So, some other interesting news, people Some other interesting news And another CW uh, show, right? Um, Regina King is executive producing a, um, A new supernatural drama series Now, it sounds a little Buffy-ish Right, it's gonna be called Slay, right? And um, basically, it's focusing on Carson Jones, a witty teenager with Afro puffs, leather boots, and 70s cool. And thanks to her mother's ancient African bloodline, supernatural gifts, and the responsibility to use them to protect Virginia's historic triangle from the forces of darkness. Darkness, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so we have got Julian Johnson. He's attached to write and executive produce along with Pam Vesey, right, who is supervising and also executive producing. So, yeah, if you're a fan, people, you have a lot to look forward to. Now, this sounds uh, kind of interesting, right? Um, 
Natasha Rothwell, right, who you might remember from Insecure, right, which, you know, also is a HBO series. Well, along with Azaria Barnes, you know, they are developing an adaptation of Ibi. Ooh, how do you pronounce that? Ibi Zubi's novel Pride. Okay. So, basically, right, it's a story of a Haitian Dominican. Dominican um, coming of age story update on Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Okay, so you know it's gonna be exploring young love, teenage angst, gentrification, and magical realism. So uh, yeah, there is that. Also, HBO have announced. That the 16th of November will be when season 2 of Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials hits the service. So if you are fans of season 1, you will be able to see uh, what is going down with Lord Astral, you know, Lyra and the rest of the gang. And, um, you know, if Miss, Mrs. Coulter can uh, get her evil way. Dom, dom, dom. Um, what else is happening, people? Well, Susan Sarandon, she has got a new show coming. That is right. She will be teaming up with Kersey Clemens. Ah. Uh, who is so lovely um, Isadora Gorishta Danny Houston Ash Santos Fiona Durif Dizzy Harris and Tara Lynn Barr for a psychological fir- psychological thriller called Red Bird Lane okay So the series follows eight strangers who arrive at an isolated house, all for different reasons, and quickly realise that something sinister and terrifying awaits them. Dom, dom, dom. Interesting, right, people? Interesting. Now, over at the History Channel... Right, they've got a new series called Great Escapes. It's gonna be narrated by Morgan Freeman and it's looking at history's biggest jailbreaks from some of the most notorious prisons in the world. Okay, it's gonna run for six episodes, and each episode boasts dramatic recreations and cutting edge visual effects. Looking into every step of an intimate inmate's plan, their escape, and the manhunt that followed. They're going to be an hour long, you know, um, and um, 
Freeman also executive produces. Alright, so uh, let us... Hmm... Okay, let's go with this. So, over... Um, actually, I don't know where this is going to be sitting. But Tomorrow Studios is going to be adapting the new Dean Kutz thriller, Devoted for TV. Right, so Coots is going to be executive producing along with Becky Clements. You know, the story follows Woody Buckman, an 11 year old mute boy who believes a monstrous evil was behind his father's death and now threatens him and his mother. He gets help from Kip, a uniquely gifted dog, and the only one who can truly hear the boy. Mm hmm. And people also, right? Um, Ludacris has just signed a big ass deal with Netflix to produce Karma's World, right? It's, um, yeah, it's a show that he's created, he's ex- executive producing, and it's a, um, Animated musical series Right So um, we're going to be getting 40 11 minute episodes Right Um, It's Following a 10 year old Karma Grant She's an aspiring Musical artist Right So um, yeah That could be interesting And she's Um You know, got big talents but an even bigger heart She is only beginning to grasp the incredible emotional powers that words can bring And she's looking to change the world with that power So, uh, yeah, it's going to be aimed at children aged 6 to 9 And it's a little coming of age story So, yeah, you know that, that sounds very wholesome, right? And we'll end with this, right? Two people that we haven't seen for a while Catherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk, you know, behind two huge shows on, on TV Grey's Anatomy and Scrubs. They are now co starring in a Netflix show called Firefly Lane. Right, it's um, based on the Kristen Hanna novel, and basically, it's around uh, uh, you know, two lifelong friends who are navigating love, marriage, career highs and lows, and their bond. Right, that show will be hitting sometime next year, people, and I think. That's us. So we will see you next Wednesday. Peace.